God can change lives, heal broken hearts, save man's soul. Lord Jesus, today, speak to me. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to your neighbor and let them know how much you love them. Turn away from you. Well, she's got double trouble on the other side, so... Yes, sir. Brad, congratulations on your win. I guess you guys are going to playoffs. It's it's playoff time in Trojan land. That means all the guys' hair is going to go blonde, right? So, uh, Broken Air is still undefeated. They may they may be undefeated all the way through. One of the good one of the, the only hitch in their get along will be the second time they play Jinx. <laughs> Four games is all we've got left. Sepulpa make the playoffs? I don't. Did they? Ooh. I remember a long several years ago they, we played them in the first round. They beat us. I remember that. Boy, you never Stillwater. They they're pretty good, aren't they? This year. Ooh. All right, all right. Start today a series called Hope in the Dark. Have you ever found yourself praying a prayer, consistently praying a prayer that never seemed to get an answer? So you keep praying, because that's what you're told to do, right? And you keep getting no answer. Illness. You may come down with an illness. Looks like you're getting on top of the illness. Only to have the illness resurrect (laughs) or gain momentum. I know I'm struggling with that. Uh, There shouldn't be any reason why my foot won't heal. But God needs to teach me something. So I'm trying to listen and learn. Um, I've wondered why, you know, Cindy's a very talented person. And why, uh, why she still hasn't found a job yet. I mean, I've never seen anybody send out more resumes than she has. But they haven't produced a job yet. So that's created some additional struggles. And so you just pray and you say, Lord, what is going on? And when are you going to respond? And we could use a little hope in the midst of darkness. Maybe you found yourself there. Maybe you've got a child or a loved one that you've prayed for for years and years and years and they just they're not getting better you wonder if God even hears does he care we're going to look in the book of Habakkuk there's three chapters in Habakkuk so we're going to do chapter one today chapter two chapter three 
Habakkuk is an Old Testament minor prophet. There were the major prophets, Elijah, Isaiah, Jeremiah. And then there's the minor prophets like Habakkuk. All of you say Habakkuk. (laughs) One more time. Ready? (laughs) Sound like he caught up a furball, doesn't it? Habakkuk. I thought the... When I, when I heard that name in Old Testament history in Bible college, I thought he was cussing us out in Hebrew, but Habakkuk. Let me give you a little background on him. He lived, wrote about 600 years before the birth of Christ. He was a very different prophet because, see, what most prophets do is they speak to people on behalf of God But Habakkuk was not this ordinary prophet. He didn't speak to the people on behalf of God, but Habakkuk spoke to God on behalf of the people. Because he didn't like what God was doing. Ever been there? Ever been there where you question what God was up to? I want to tell you, number one, it's okay to do that. It's okay to question God. In fact, it's okay to yell and scream and holler at God. Yes, it is. He's big enough to handle it. Habakkuk is asking, because there was so much corruption and there was deception and instead of prospering and the people were hurting and there was poverty and he just unleashes on God and 2,600 years ago, Habakkuk is asking the very same question that many people today are asking. And he wanted to know, why doesn't God seem fair? Why is it that these people seem to hurt the more than these people who are ungodly? Why are they prospering and the godly not prospering? Why are they having great health and they're having terrible health? Why? He's been there? See, I don't think Brian and Sherry ought to have cancer. I don't. I don't. And I don't understand why they have to go through it. And I don't understand why Brian got to one point and then the cancer decided to come back full fold into his life, into his heart, into his body. I don't get it. And neither do the doctors. That's what's the sad part. So they scratched their head and they said, well, we'll try something different. Okay? But how does... How do... When you have those chronic illnesses, how do you get up every day Find a way to smile and get on with it. Well, we're going to figure that out. This prophetic word that comes from Habakkuk. In in verse 1 it says, I'm not going to read to you, but essentially it says he received a prophecy in verse 1. The Hebrew word means an utterance. It means a doom. It means a burden. It's not just a prophecy. It's a dooming prophetic word. Is what it means in verse 1. A weight. 
He receives this and he goes to God on behalf of the people and he asks a question in verse 2. How long, O Lord, must I call for help, but you don't listen? Or cry out to you, violence, but you don't save? Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Why is it that a person can be dragged through the mud on national on a national level whose integrity was attacked from 36 years ago and somehow it's relevant today that's evil folks that's evil What's the beginning of wisdom that Don tell us this morning? Love what God loves and hate what God hates. And God hates a lot. There is no way in the entire universe that God is going to ever accept the killing of babies. I'll wait for the amen. Goodness, I shouldn't have to drag that one out of you. And Habakkuk's name tells the story. His name means to embrace and to wrestle. Habakkuk is doing everything he can to embrace who he knows God is, but because what he sees doesn't line up with what he believes, he now wrestles with God. Been there? Are there? Ask the question, verse 3, why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? I would ask the same thing. How can you tolerate a caravan of people who are going to try to invade our country and our president is going to stand up to them like he should? There are people, you can become a citizen of the United States, just there's a process you follow. And it's not a mass mob that shows up at, on, on the border. At least they're trying to get into California. Hallelujah. Build the wall. Wall that sucker off and just let them stay out there. God love them out there. Gavin Newsom wants to be the, be the uh, next mayor of California. And he's going to do universal health care for everyone. No matter who you are. So that's why they're, they're doing the caravan right to the border of going to California. Should we put troops on the border? Absolutely. Don't we have borders? Should we protect our borders? Absolutely. They always put the women and children in front, though, don't they? Why do you tolerate this God? Destruction. Violence. If you didn't have the president we have right now, whose rhetoric just gets everybody fired up, Boy, he's just worthless. There's half the country believes that. Mm-mm-mm. Of course, he's the only one stirring it up, right? There's strife. There's conflict. The law is paralyzed. Justice never prevails. In other words, God, I don't really think you're doing what's right. What are... What are his problems? What are Habakkuk's problems with God? 
He's not speaking to the people on behalf of God. He's going to God on behalf of the people. He's got the very same problems with God that some of us have. So what are his problems? Number one, you don't seem to really care, God. You don't seem to care. You allow all this suffering, and you aren't doing much about it. Even though you could, you're not doing anything about it. At least not much. You have the power, but you're not using it. Now, I understand. I, he, he does say to God, what are you doing doesn't seem fair. How many of you would honest, be honest with me and say, and ever felt like, if you were God, you would do some things differently? If you were God, you would do some things differently. Anybody? Yeah. Yeah. And it would all benefit you personally. Amen. Aren't we glad that none of us are God? I'm glad I wasn't Jesus, that I wasn't tasked with the idea of climbing up on the cross, because there's some of you I'm not climbing up there for. I'll just go ahead and tell it. Just like you would probably say the same thing. So I ask again, is it okay to question God? Is it okay to push back on God? Is it wrong? Is it unholy? Is it unfair? About a third of the Psalms are cries to God about pain. Our songs in the middle of trials that God doesn't, uh, that, that God's people don't understand. Several books of the Bible, entire books of the Bible, Lamentations, Ecclesiastes, Jeremiah, Job, express confusion of what happens and what appears to be unjust suffering for righteous people. But even Jesus, Jesus on the cross, when He was perfect in every way, He becomes sin for us. He never sinned. Let me see if I can explain to you this way. If you're a follower of Christ, and at some point you had some ver- uh, version of, the st- of this story happening in your life, you're hurting or your life is good or whatever, but you recognize that there must be more to life, and maybe you go to church and the Spirit of God touches you, it's in a song, someone prays for you, someone witnesses you at your business, you see something, you have a trial, a tragedy, you recognize you're doing life without God, whatever it is. And you call on Jesus and you experience His grace, His forgiveness, His mercy, and wow, life's amazing. You're on the mountaintop. You go to church every, and every sermon is like, man, He's just speaking to me. Wow. You go to the mall and just as soon as you drive into the parking lot, boom, that key parking space right up front of the front opens up for you. Oh yeah. Things are looking good. Life is incredible. God is so good. Thank you, God. But then life starts to happen. Some things go on that aren't so good. You go to church and the sermon is... eh. It wasn't bad, but it probably was trying to talk to somebody else. Get in the car... Don't like the song that's on. <laughs> Go to the mall. Can't find a parking place anywhere. Closest one is 12 miles away. So it seems like anyway. You pray a prayer and not only does it not happen, but the opposite happens. But then something bad happens. 
your daughter gets sick, she doesn't get better. You pray for grandma and she dies. Your boyfriend, the Christian, cheats on you. The person you looked up to and admired does something wrong. The doctor gives you news that you never deserved. And whatever it is, happens to all of us and life does this. And at some point, many of us have what Henry Blackaby in Experiencing God called a crisis of belief. A crisis of belief. God If you're so good, why am I not here? Why am I not, why am I where I am right now? I don't know if you're involved. Do you even care, God? And about that point, most people think we've got one of two options. One, unfortunately, what a lot of people do with good intentions, they just deny the bad. Well, it's, everything's, everything's great. Doesn't roll me. No, I'm, I'm good. Everything's good. Everything's good. Right? They deny it. Then there's another group. As well, you know what? If I'm here and I'm not, and I'm not there and God's not doing any good then, God must not be real. But I'm just going to deny him completely. I don't, I don't care about him. If this is the kind of thing that God's going to do, I'm done. I'm done. I've tried church. I've tried God. I've tried the Bible. Forget it. I'm checking out. They think there's two options, but there's actually a third option. And that third option, in the middle of pain, is to wrestle. Stay with me. To wrestle. I don't get it. I'm confused. And as best you can to continue to embrace, you try, you work hard at it. And when you do this, does life get better? Oftentimes it doesn't, but sometimes it continues to get worse. And when you get when it gets worse, you often do what James said in the first book of the first chapter. Of James where he said, you consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. And perseverance must finish its work so that you can be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. And the way to true intimacy with God is not to live on the mountaintop, but it's to get to know His faithfulness in the valley. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. You're in a crisis of belief. We all get there at some point, and this is Habakkuk. God, this doesn't seem fair. I don't understand. I want you to see what God does. See, God responds to it. Are you ready for what God's going to say? Would you say out loud, I'm ready? Are you sure you're ready? Are you positive you're ready? <laughs> well, here's what God says in God's response. God, I don't understand. You don't seem fair. So what God says is look at the nations and watch. And here's what God says. And be utterly amazed. For I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe 
even if I told you. Be utterly amazed. Go back to that other verse, brother. Hang on. Be utterly amazed. You would not believe it. <laughs> okay, Jeff, keep going. I'm raising up the Babylonians. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm raising up the broken arrow tigers. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. They can't do that. They've never done that before. They didn't. Whoa, 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 whoa. See, they're in uncharted territory because they've never been here before. They've never been through a season where they were undefeated going into playoffs. Yeah. I'm raising up the Babylonians, that ruthless and impetuous people who sweep across the whole earth to seize dwelling not their own. They are a feared and dreaded people. They all come intent on violence. Why in heaven's name would God use them? The Babylonians. How could God use the drop-dead Republicans? <laughs> or the wild-eyed Democrats? How in the world could He do that? How could God use CNN to bring news to anybody? Oh, fair and balanced at Fox News. Wow. Here's what God says. Be utterly amazed. I'm going to do something in your days that you will not believe, even if you were told, God, you're going to do what's right. You're going to relieve the pain. We're going to be prosperous. We're going to be blessed. We're going to be utterly amazed, God. You're going to do something that we wouldn't believe even if we were told. God says, you ready for this? I'm about to intervene. And you're going to be amazed. You're going to be... It's going to be like something you've never seen before. And here's how I'm going to do it. I'm going to send the Babylonians. That's like saying I'm going to send the devil himself to help you at the church house. What? I got it. Here's here's my commercial break. Today we had the move forward one hour. Wasn't that great, by the way? Don't you feel refreshed? That one hour, I should love it. I saw I saw a post that said the the time change in the fall where you where you move forward an hour is only move back an hour. That's what it was. Move back an hour. We gained our hour. Said that was uh, says it includes all Christians except Baptists because because this happened last year we moved it forward last year <laughs> and so once saved and they saved it so once saved always saved so they can't they can't move forward I knew I'd mess that up so I should have just kept going <laughs> I should have just kept going Hallelujah Glory pray pray for forgiveness for me I appreciate that. So what does a committed believer do? A committed believer can both wrestle with honest questions and embrace a genuine faith in God 
You can do it at the same time. You can wrestle and embrace. You can wrestle and embrace. And I want you to watch what Habakkuk does. He tries to embrace, yet he doesn't understand that he's wrestling. He says in verse 12, Lord, are you not from everlasting? I'm embracing you, God. My God, my, my Holy One, you'll never die. I'm embracing you. But God, you've appointed our enemies to execute judgment on you. I'm wrestling. My rock I'm embracing, but you've ordained them to punish. I'm wrestling, God. Your eyes are too pure to look on evil. I love you. I'm embracing. You cannot tolerate wrongdoing. I'm embracing. But why do you tolerate the treacherous? I'm wrestling. Why are you silent when the wicked swallow up those more, these more righteous than themselves? Oh, I'm trying to embrace. I'm trying to wrestle. Listen to me. If you are right, are there right now, what I want you to know is that God understands that pain that you may be going through right now. He's got it. He understands it. He feels it. And He wants you to have relief from it. He welcomes, however, our questions. Because there's times, and you may be experiencing right now, where there's a pain that you cannot get rid of, and you don't understand it. Hurts every day. My feet hurt every day. November 1st, the, the opioid laws changed in Oklahoma. So for me to get my pain medications, now it's going to be a chore. So I'll probably have to go off of those for a while. That's not going to be much fun. But God's going to have to somehow sustain us through it, you see. What if honestly acknowledging your doubts is your first step toward building a deeper faith? What if embracing your secret questions opens the door for a maturing knowledge of God's character? What if drawing closer to God, developing genuine intimacy with Him, requires you to bear something that feels unbearable? To hear Him through an ominous utterance, to trust Him in the moment of doom, to embrace His strength when you're weak with a burden. What if it takes real pain to experience deep an abiding hope. Let's read it again. What if it takes real pain to experience deep and abiding hope? Having not said this to Sherry or Bryant who are battling cancer, in the midst of the treatments, I believe with all of my heart that your prayers coupled with their prayers, brought peace into their life. I see their heads doing that. Because, see, it is that camaraderie of belief. It is that faithfulness of others coming together around us that can help get us through. Maybe just for a moment. It can help get us through. What if it takes real pain to experience deep and abiding hope? You see, we're still in chapter 1 of the three chapters. But I want to warn you, chapter 2 is not much better. 
Don't walk away from God in chapter 1. I want to give you a good ending to the sermon today. Are you ready for it? There's not one. There's not one. You're living, and I are living, chapter 1. Pray with me, would you? So, Father, I pray today for those who find themselves in chapter 1. I pray that have the courage and feel the permission to wrestle with you while they are trying to embrace you. Because, God, it's so difficult day in and day out when we see the injustices around us. To stay positive. But I'm asking, Lord, in the midst of illnesses, in the midst of financial struggles, in the midst of family struggles, in the midst of marriage struggles, in the midst of job struggles, may we embrace you while we wrestle with you to overcome that obstacle that we may be facing at this moment. And God, one of the greatest ways that we can overcome these obstacles in life, these injustices in life, is by having a dynamic, growing, deepening relationship with you. So God, I would ask, is there one here today that needs to make a decision in that way? If there is, would you give them courage to do it? We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen.